wonder what happens if I click the breakout rooms option. Why? Hello, welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And this is Honda. And welcome to episode 53. Yes, it is a Sunday. We would like to officially say that we will be posting our episodes on Mondays henceforth because it's just <laughs> easier with our schedules. We kind of need the weekend to record and edit. <laughs> Lol. So yes, for the month of June-ish, May, June, June-ish, we've been mostly posting on Mondays. Yeah, so now we'll just make it official and say that we're posting it on Monday. Mm-hmm. Which also forces me <laughs> to edit this and post it by Monday. So I think that's going to be fun. And Honda, how's your week been? How do you think? Well, everything's gone to shit. There's, there's Again. that. <laughs> Again. Um, but this time, it's so interesting. It's because a bunch of people decided to engage in a bunch of illegal shit that shouldn't be done in the first place. And now, like, the COVID cases are rising and the government is, like, appealing to these people and saying, please go get tested. But all these people were engaging in illegal shit. So they can't just be like, yeah, I'm just going to get tested for COVID because everyone would know what illegal stuff they were doing. So really um, illegal, though. Sorry, um, it's morally gray for some of them. It's morally gray, yes. A whole, okay, so situation explanation. Um, basically, there are these things called KTP lounges. So they're like your karaoke sort of lounge rooms, places-ish. So a usual karaoke place is like you go there and you sing and it's fine. But these are like... If you see the pictures, it's like... Yeah, these are like CD establishments. They're not like your clear-cut like karaoke places. Black furniture, walls, and with like bikini woman pictures on the wall, that kind of place. Do you know in K-dramas, right? (laughs) Sorry to bring back to K-dramas. But whenever like rich people want to have a meeting about like an illegal thing or like mastermind a plan to like kill off somebody, they always meet in this like clubby sort of like area. <laughs> like this clubby sort of room and there's there's like food and girls serving them and stuff like that. So that is the vibe of these KTV lounges. So the thing is, a whole bunch of people who go there, right, are just like unfaithful married men who tell their wives that they're working overtime or something. And then they go down there and they like, I guess, chill out with these hostesses. And um, I know for sure they're not supposed to be singing, but I think these lounges allow singing. I don't know. I, I don't think it. I don't think they went there for singing, Chris. Oh, yeah. No, they were singing a different tune. <laughs> <laughs> Another different tune. Yeah, they went there for some. Um, yes, they weren't testing their vocals that way. So <laughs> I could go on. They weren't working the mouths the way they were supposed to be working it. But yeah, so now um, a whole bunch of people who went to these KTV lounges got infected. But the thing is, they don't want to come forward to get tested because everyone would know that they went to KTV lounges and it's like a Molly Gray thing. So essentially, society doesn't like look so kindly on these establishments. Mm. So if you're associated with it, like I guess they're afraid of public scrutiny. But I mean, those who went are morally gray, but the KTV lounges... I'm pretty sure a lot of them breaking rules. Yeah, and then the lounges themselves are breaking rules. Most of the hostesses are on a path that doesn't allow them to work in the first place. Mm, yeah, so, yeah. So, so I think a, a few of them are already going to be deported. Yeah, so the whole situation is just like really shitty. And then the minister came out and he was like, please be open and tell your families about it. And I'm like, who in the right mind is going to tell their, their families like, hey... 
Um, I wasn't working overtime, like I told you. <laughs> I was I was doing something else. I mean, this is it. Either, you know, come forward to, uh, to come for like the official testing or you buy the ART, like the DIY test kit and then isolate yourself. But then I feel like those people who went to those kind of places in the first place, would, would they really be, can you really trust them? Essentially, to yeah. To buy those I, kits and actually self-isolate for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but then again, it goes back to the whole thing about if they do these things, everyone would know that they went there. Like everyone would. So, I mean, they're probably, they're most probably living with like some form of family members, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, they, are they really going to risk like, I don't know, elderly people in their household, their young kids? <laughs> No, but the thing oh. is, like, they're not only, like, risking the their family members, they're risking, like, the entirety of the country. Yeah, and then these family members wouldn't know, and then they would go out, you know, go about their daily routine. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, this is Which is why is it's, like, like, 100 people cluster right now for the KTV cluster. Well... Yeah, and things are just opening up. So, over the past week, like, literally, last Monday... Um, we were supposed to be able to dine in with more people and that lasted a week and now we are going back to dining in with two people. So like Shen Honda and I managed to get like K-barbecue. It was so good. K-barbecue was so good, but it was like, you could feel the atmosphere. Like it felt like everybody was trying to get their fill on like food before the restrictions came in place. (laughs) It was quite funny, but yeah, anyway. Um, <sighs> yes, and on top of that, the government decided that the the dining-in rules were going to be complicated. Like, there's this whole thing about if you're vaccinated, a certain amount of people can go in. It's it's weird. And like... And, saw, and, and if one who's unvaccinated but had pre-event testing in a certain amount of days, can also be a part of that. Yeah, I think within 29, 27, 29 days. But either way, it's like so complicated to the point that I think it's just better to stay like, home. The, has the government even explained like what form of like proof is like legit? Yeah. So like how, how would, I don't, I don't know if all restaurants, you know, would be like would know where to look. Yeah, no, but the thing is, they're also giving restaurants a choice to do this. So, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that some, sense. It's just that some restaurants that rely on like big, like yeah, big number of customers, like they're gonna struggle if it's just two, cause like they've been dish like the dishes are like you know very very big cost meals. Yes, and two people can't eat that much. Yeah, so, well, uh, that's what's going on. Uh, to make matters worse, one of my favourite uh, people on RuPaul's Drag Race got eliminated. Oh so, <laughs> yes, the week's just getting better, isn't it? It was you know, terrible. I was, on, I was on Reddit and I was like looking at everyone's opinions. And then, I mean, a lot of people... I mean, I, I actually saw quite a few comments that said, like, you know, maybe it was our time to go. But why? Because like she didn't show that much growth. Listen, listen. (laughs) I felt like this episode was the growth that she needed to show. Like it was uncomfortable. Listen, okay. I don't care what Rue said. The fact of the matter is, okay. Should should I say the name of the queen? I don't know if anyone. Okay, spoiler, Scarlet Envy got eliminated. The thing with Scarlet Envy, right, is she has this airhead persona, but this episode really, really proved that she's more than an airhead. Like, she has genuine feelings, she has deep thoughts, she's extremely caring, she loves her moms. And then they, I mean, when she switches to her other, when she switches to Scarlet Envy and she does, like, the theatrical stuff, I think it was just genuinely to um complete the challenge because a lot of times these challenges expect them to be funny or do something funny when Raja O'Hara was doing it why didn't Ru call her out anyway Scarlett was robbed I will die on the hill I love Scarlett she's my favorite so yes I'm salty plus now COVID restrictions so it was a wild week 
Likewise. Oh, I mean, the only good news, not good news, good news for me is I'm getting my second shot tomorrow. Oh, nice. I'm getting mine on Saturday. It's going to be fun. Party. Almost at 10.30 a.m. I hope oh. I wake up on time. And uh-huh. I have to eat something too. Yes, you have to. I, you can eat on the way, I guess. Eat while waiting. I don't know. You can't even, I can't even bring drinks inside. Oh. They'll tell me to like finish it. Mm, sad. Amy Honda, do you have a story for us today? No. I'm excited. Like, you <laughs> you never ever give me hints about your stories. Like, every time I'm doing my story, I'm like, Honda, I'm so excited for mine. I think you'd love it. And then for yours, it's like radio silence. And I genuinely get surprised every week. So who is it? Is it another food team murder? Because that would be super funny. Food? No, it's not. <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> so today's case is about Israel Keys. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> listen, listen. I feel like not many people are talking about Israel Keys. <laughs> like he's, I feel, one of the most, I won't say like prolific, modern day serial killers but he really gives the vibe of those of those killers of like the past like Ted Ted Bundy past you know what I mean I guess for like because this is quite recent like, yeah and that's the time. thing it's because it's so recent and it's like holy shit I remember a long time ago I actually watched his interrogation ah uh. Yeah, if I can find it, I will send it to you. But my I've actually God. been watching a few of those interrogations. Oh, you have? Wait, what's the name of the channel that you always watch? Jim Can't Swim. Okay, no, then I was watching a different like experience. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel like Jim Can't Swim pioneered interrogation videos because he would also like um explain some interrogation techniques, psychological stuff. So I actually yeah, yeah, the one I'm watching was subscribed like, to oh, his yeah. Patreon to oh, get his whole like all the videos. Yeah. Yeah, but I watched JCS Criminal Psychology. Yeah, JCS is Jim Canswin. Oh, lol. <laughs> he has a second channel called JCS. So the problem with Jim Can Swim is I think YouTube started taking down his videos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a the... bunch of other channels that are inspired by him. Like they will mm, literally put the titles like Jim Can Swim inspired or Jim Can Swim knockoff. I don't know why you call it a knockoff, but yeah. <sighs> yeah. But the I... thing is, I watched Israel Keys his interview a long time ago, so I can't even remember what he looks like. Wait, no, I I can I can sort of remember what he looks like. He looks like a very intelligent man. And he looks rather normal to me he looks like an intelligent person i don't know like he to me he gives me professor at university vibes okay anyway i'm going to shut up like tell me about israel keys okay so israel keys was born on january 7 1978 in utah richmond Mm, utah okay yeah utah I'm not wrong, it's a very religious community, right? Mm. I think they're Mormons. I guess, I don't know. I My only knowledge of Utah is the fact that they have a lot of dinosaur bones that was ex- excavated there. And the opening of Jurassic Park is, I mean, they discovered and wrapped the bones at, in Utah, so... <laughs> That's my only knowledge of Utah. <laughs> so, Israel Keys had many siblings. He had an older sister, four younger sisters, and three younger brothers. Oh, yikes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so after his birth, the family moved to Stevens County in Washington, and Keys was raised in a Mormon environment, and he had been homeschooled. Oh, Okay. Yeah, he would sometimes attend a Christian identity church. Like, what does that mean? Like, the yeah, name yeah. Of the church is Christian identity? Or no, 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 he... no. It's it's like a legit, not, I, it's, I, 
I don't know the, the, like the exact terminology to use, but it's like a, not a sect, but it's like a thing. <laughs> so like you yeah. go there to... It's not the name of the church. Strengthen your identity? No, or... it's not the name of a church. It's like a whole... Yeah. Like a... Like a cult. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you... I didn't know what that meant. So I googled. Um, it sounds like a place you would go to if, for example, like... You want to find your Christian identity, like <laughs> who you are in Christ. So you like, oh my god, okay, sounds very culty to me, but okay, it's more than just culty. So oh, okay, it's I don't think it's your kind of church. <laughs> 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 so apparently, Christian identity, or also known as identity Christianity. <laughs> Okay. Sounds kind of weird. It's an interpretation of Christianity which advocates the belief that only Celtic and Germanic people such as the Anglo-Saxon, Nordic nations and or Aryan people and people of kindred blood are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and are therefore the descendants of the ancient Israelites. Okay, so like a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like a Nazi sect. Okay, but... Yeah. Okay. So its right. theology is a racial interpretation of Christianity and Oh god, okay. <laughs> well. Yeah, so their identity beliefs, the Christian identity beliefs were primarily developed and promoted by authors who regarded Europeans as the chosen people and Jews as the cursed offspring of Cain, the serpent hybrid or serpent seed. Okay, so Nazis, all right. <laughs> Yeah, so white supremacists, sex, and gangs later adopted many of these teachings. Not surprised. Mm. Yeah, so they promote that all non-whites will either be exterminated or enslaved in order to serve the white race. Honda, we're about to be exterminated, Honda. <laughs> we're about to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously, yeah. So in a nutshell, it's considered racist, anti-Semitic, and a white suprem and a, like a white supremacist group. Okay. Do you think it's just like a covert KKK meetup place? <laughs> like like the KKK were like, oh, let's just rebrand a little. Let's call it the Christian Identity Church or whatever. I mean it could be a neo-Nazi it's, thing. Because like it's it is very also, K- yeah. Like, I mean there is a has been a recent rise in you know neo-Nazis. Oh well. Well, I hope everyone who subscribed to that belief has <laughs> constipation. Yeah, constipation. Like severe constipation. Like you wanna clear your bowels, but you can't. Yes, that is what I wish for them. Yeah, but even if he sometimes attended a church, he would later tell the people around him that he was raised Amish. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess it's not if you want to blend in, you don't want people to know that you're part of that kind of group. Precisely. Yeah, so when I was reading, like I found this quite interesting. Like the Keys family was neighbors and friends with a na- a man named Chevy Caho and he would be a white supremacist and uh, he would be a white supremacist and family annihilator in the future. Oh, oh we have to cover him too. <laughs> yeah, so when Keys was in his teen years, he would walk around with a pistol everywhere he went. And when he was 14, his grandfather gave him a 0.38 caliber revolver and it was outfitted with a silencer. Oh what God. kind of gift is that? A, <laughs> plus a silencer on it. It's just, I mean, uh, guns in general. No comment. Grandfather of the year. Yeah, grandfather of the year. Holy shit. Mm. He and a friend would then break into houses and burglarize them, and he also began killing pet animals. Great. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, so, I know, guess they... because pet animals are not Europeans and white, so, you know, they should be exterminated as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he would say later on that, you know, that since he was 14, he knew that he wasn't normal. And then he liked things that 
you know, nobody think thought that was normal and okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, later in the 1990s, the family moved to Simimamin, where they became involved in the maple syrup business. It is there that he rejected his parents' faith and openly declared himself as an atheist. Why is this giving me Riverdale vibes? Riverdale? <laughs> you know how in season one, like Cheryl Blossom's family, which was messed oh, up, maple business. they ran like a maple business too. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, he's like a he's like a Jason Blossom. Like he rejects the family and everything. Oh my god. Oh my, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I quickly erased memory of Riverdale. Riverdale, oh god. Yeah, so as a result of him declaring he was an atheist, he was kicked out of the house. Okay. So they would rather have a white supremacist son than an atheist. Right. I mean, that's their belief. It's, it's a wrong belief. And they should all go to jail for it. But... Okay. It's America. It's <laughs> freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Yeah, so between 1996 and 1998, Keyes would commit his first actual crime where he abducted a teenage girl in Oregon who was hiking and raped her. Mm -hmm. But then he later released her. Okay. Yeah. From 1998 to 2001, he served in the U.S. Army. And Mm -hmm. former Army friends of Keyes noted that he's really quiet and he mostly kept to himself. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, but during his service, he received an Army Achievement Medal for meritorious service while assigned as a gunner and assistant gunner from the 2nd of December 1998 to the 8th of July 2001 in the Alpha Company 68mm motor section. Okay, I'm just going to pretend everything you said made sense and I understand it. Okay. I don't know what I read either. <laughs> so he was good at shooting, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Great skill set for serial <laughs> killer. I mean, he was also gifted a gun at like what fourteen mm. with a silencer. So yeah, but on May of two thousand one, he received a DUI charge, and followed mm-hmm. by a state charge for driving with a suspended license. And later that mm. year, he was honorably discharged from the army. Okay. Okay. But then. This discharge is said to have given Keys the advantage to commit murders. Because now he's free. <laughs> now he's free. Ugh. Yeah, so after being discharged, he then moved to the smaller town of near Bay, Washington, and established a village market for the nearby Maka tribe. And he began dating an unidentified woman, and he also had a da- daughter with her. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> On November 13, 2002, his father passed away and Keys attended a funeral. And later that year, he separated with his girlfriend who took their daughter with her. <laughs> Sorry, this guy just... Okay. Yeah, in the first few months of 2006, he began taking part in marathons. And between that year and last year, he had allegedly claimed two more victims. Hmm... And yeah, he made many numerous travels for unspecified reasons during this time. And then mm-hmm. in 2007, Keys opened a new business called Keys Construction, which was apparently quite reliable. Why did he just reliable. start a key business? <laughs> keys, keys. Also, I find like, I just realized it's kind of ironic that he came from like this very like anti-Semitic sort of belief system and his name is Israel. True. Which is full of Jews. No, I mean, that's after, right? I know, but don't you just... I mean, because it's a holy land for... Just find it ironic. When do right-wing racist nationalists make sense? I like how throughout this entire thing, I'm still hopping on the page. It was this ridiculous church. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, so Keys would randomly target people across the US, which allowed him to avoid detection. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's when you're a serial killer, it's smarter. No, I'm not giving ideas, but usually those who evade detection, they cross state lines, which makes yes. it harder for the authorities to connect the dots. Yes. Because it's not like they talk to each other about strange it's not, cases. Yeah, and also, it, I guess if you attack like different types of women, it's mm. also harder to pin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they don't, police departments don't really have a shared system unless the, the person is wanted by the FBI, then they can see that. But Yeah, but also I think unless it's a very distinct sort of crime. Yeah, but like the US is huge. And if you do something in the woods or some des- deserted place, you they, re- people will really never know. Yeah. That's true, that's true. And not, that's, why, that's why I mentioned the distinctness. So, yeah. if for example, it's like super distinct, like maybe he like, I don't know, like cut off her toes or whatever, right? I think in those cases, the police are more likely to look up a database to see if any other things happen. But if for example, if, and unfortunately, the reality of it is, if a woman is found raped and murdered, right, it's often... I guess thought of as like a one-off thing. I don't think it's usually thought of as like a serial crime happening mm-hmm. because women are raped and murdered every day. Yeah, and not a, a lot of it. I mean, not just rape, but like a lot of murders aren't being reported. Yeah. Because there's so many. It's, it's crazy. And, and if it's not newsworthy, then no one would know about it. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> So yeah, he only has a new, few known victims, but there are many other alleged and suspected victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so far he sounds like a typical kind of serial killer, right? I guess. But those who have heard of him remember one of his cases because of how sickening it was. Mm. Do you remember? No, I don't. <laughs> Good. Okay. So on February 1st, 2012, 18-year-old Samantha Koenig finished her shift at the Com- Common, Co- Common Grounds coffee stand in downtown Ag- Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. She was then approached by a man wearing a ski mask and he ordered a coffee. Oh, God. No surprise, this man is Israel Keys. Wow, I'm so shocked. <laughs> Who could it have been? As she passed him his order, Keys pulled out a gun and demanded money. And, you know, Samantha, she's just 18 years old. You know, yeah, she uh... was terrified and followed his orders. Keys then forced himself inside the stand and then tied her hands together with zip ties and forced her into his car. Okay. Yeah, she had attempted to escape but failed and Keys would then hold a gun to her head and threaten to kill her if she tried again. Okay. Yeah, so Keys would then tell her that he had kidnapped her for ransom and if she listens to him, she would be returned to her family unharmed. And I read the voice, but that was all a lie. <laughs> yeah, so Keys would then like, yeah, sorry. After a few hours, Keys then drove back to the coffee stand to retrieve her phone as her boyfriend was going to pick her up after the shift. So he wanted to send a send yeah, he wanted to send a fake message to the boyfriend. Oh, okay. I thought it was pretty stupid to go back for the phone. Like, why would you do that? True. And the text read, Hey, I'm spending a couple of days with friends. Let my dad know. Do you know from what I've seen, right? Whenever killers or kidnappers do shit like this, um, the person on the other end who receives a text can usually see through it and be like, what the hell? I mean, especially if it's a boyfriend. Uh, yeah, like, the way they type is... He was going to pick her up after her shift, and then suddenly that kind of text <laughs> out of Essentially, nowhere. yeah. From the cases I've seen, usually the person receiving the message can see right through it, and immediately they're like, okay, something is wrong. Hmm. Yeah, so he then took her to his place and then tied her up in in a shed. And in the shed, he turned the volume of the radio up so that no one could hear her scream. Okay. Yeah, he later drove to her house after demanding her address so that he could get her ATM card from her boyfriend's truck. 
However, in the process of stealing the car, Keys was confronted by the boyfriend. Oh! <laughs> yeah, so the boyfriend was already in a state of panic because of his missing girlfriend and uh-huh. seeing the strange message that he had received. So, But then he thought that Keys was a random burglar who wanted to break into his car. So the boyfriend ran inside his house to get help. And during that time, Keys fled the scene. What the hell? Oh my god. I know. Ah, I cannot imagine what that boyfriend is feeling though. Like, he must be regretting that so much. He probably, you know, would think like he he should have beat him up on the spot or something. Yeah, like, he was so close. Mm. But then again, like, it's not his fault. No, it's not. (laughs) It's really not. Oh gosh. Yeah, so when he returned to his property, Keys then poured himself a glass of wine as he returned to his shed and raped Samantha and then strangled her to death. Hmm. Yeah, so Keys then returned to his house, packed up packed up for a pre-planned cruise in New Orleans. What the shit? Okay. Yeah. He woke his daughter up for school and then left for the airport. Off the yeah, he then t- he then returned to Anchorage on February 17, 2012, and he began preparing a ransom note. But then he had to first remove Samantha's body from the cupboard. Ooh. Okay, this is where the creepy and bizarre hap- is, um, part of the case is. Okay. So okay, there are a few things running through my mind, but I like I don't know to verbalize it. It's kind of so you know for ransom. First of all, for them to pay, for the victim family to pay money. It's only if the person is alive, right? Yeah, their loved one. Usually, it works that way. So then he applied makeup to Samantha's frozen face, and then. He sewed her eyes open with fishing line to give her the appearance of being alive and then took a Polaroid of her holding up that day's newspaper. Are you okay? Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, the photo is... Um, isn't... Can, you t- can you tell in the photo that she's like past? Not really, actually. This is the photo. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a Polaroid. So it's really green. It's hard to see as well. But you I guess when you look into her eyes, you can kind of tell something is wrong. But at the same time, it's like because it's a Polaroid, it's such a shitty quality photo. Also, was it in black and white? Also? Mm. Yeah, so it makes it a lot harder. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, so he then placed the type note demanding $30,000 as well as the photograph of Samantha in a park Wait, under what? He only wanted $30,000. <laughs> you go through all that, right? You kidnap a woman, you murder her, you pose her dead body, take a photo to send a ransom note, and you only ask for $30,000. Maybe he was trying to be realistic because if it's too much, then the family probably doesn't have enough. Kidnappers, people asking for ransom notes, usually Alaska, don't give a shit. I don't know. Alaska isn't like a super wealthy place. Yeah, but usually like these people don't care. And like, Israel Keys has been showing signs of psychopathy already. <laughs> like, he usually would not... He probably wouldn't give a shit about the mm-hmm. family and wouldn't care if they had 30k on hand or not. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so stupid. I it's mean, kinda... but he wanted to steal the ATM card. So, really, that money is his primary motive. I don't know. Don't you just feel like everything about this is just weird? <laughs> of course. It is. Like, how can we be so sure that money was the main motive when he has, like, priors where he has... I mean, at least for this case. Yeah, so, I don't know. It just seems a bit sus, like... Mm. 
I mean, in this instance, I guess he needed money, but like, yeah. I don't know. So it's just off. It's just very off. Okay. Yeah. So he took the photo and the note, and uh, he placed it under a memorial flyer of a dog named Albert. Before using Samantha's phone to text her boyfriend, so the text read, "Corner Park sign on the pick of Albert. Ain't she pretty?" Ain't she pretty disgusting? Literally yeah. spell it P U R T Y. <laughs> pretty. Okay. What the shit? Yeah. And he so, said he sent that picture, right? Yeah, he placed a Polaroid with the note. Ugh. Okay. Oh dang, this poor girl though. Mm, a few days later, Keys uh joke to. Mataniska Lake dismembered her body, cut a hole in the ice, and dumped her remains in a lake. Cut a hole? Ooh. The lake is frozen over. Okay. You oh, know, like how cut, you do cut the, the ice, like ice, ice, like ice fishing. Yeah, yeah. I thought he cut her eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> so I said, ew. Okay. okay. I was going to ask what he did with the eye. Then you said that he dumped her, and then like it started to click together. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, um, Samantha's father, James Koenig, believed his half- uh, daughter was still alive after seeing the photo. Oh. Oh, so God. he deposited the ransom money into Keith's account with the $30,000. $30, and some of this money has been donated by members of the community. What the, uh, what the shit? Yeah, so he actually instructed the family to deposit the money into her debit account. Mm, oh, okay. That makes sense. Because mm. I was wondering if, like, he gave it directly to, like... Yeah, his Jesus account and his account. name. Yeah, it would be able to track him, like, super quick. But, okay. But even if it's her debit account, they can still check her. If he wants to deduct the money. Oh, I, yeah. Especially when he... Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, it, yeah. In the end, it, that's how he it led to his arrest in the end. So, mm. yeah. So on February 29, he began withdrawing the wet ransom money. Yeah. Starting on March 6, he began making withdrawals from Koenig's account, then, which alerted the authorities and the FBI who were investigating mm. the case. So they even got to see like what car he was driving. So they notified Texan authorities to alert officers in the state as well as Louisiana and Arkansas to be on the lookout for a 2012 Ford Focus. Okay. Which, yeah. And then on March 13, Texas Highway Patrol Corporal Brian Henry uh, noticed Keyes' Ford Focus and alerted authorities. Mm. So he followed it onto Highway 59 and noticed that the car was speeding and pulled it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pulled the car over. And then to which many unmarked vehicles, federal agents, as Texans Rangers surrounded it. When they searched his car, they found Koenig's debit card and phone with the battery removed, a ski mask, a gun, cash taken from the National Bank of Texas. Highlighted maps of California, California, Arizona, and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So he was then subsequently arrested and charged with access device fraud and indicted in a Bowman, Texas federal facility. Mm. Yeah, because at <clears> this time they don't know if she's they, they don't know she's dead already. Right? No, I mean they haven't yeah. found the body yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so Samantha Koenig was his last victim. Mm. And there's only a few confirmed victims. Yeah, so in 2011, like even the dates are like unsure. There's not much details are actually released about it. So yeah, there was an unnamed couple who was murdered, an unnamed police officer. And then... Yeah, June 7, unnamed male motorist. And then June 8 to 9, 
uh, Keyes reportedly broke into the Curry's home on the night of June 8, 2011. And he cut their phone line before entering the home while wearing a headlamp and tying them up before diving and before driving them to an abandoned farmhouse. He shot Bill Courier in the basement with a .22 caliber and sexually assaulted and strangled Lorraine Courier and their bodies were never found. Oh God. Mm. You know, I hate it when like these killers do things like this and they refuse to like reveal where they buried the bodies or where they kept the bodies. So the families can never have a proper send-off. I mean, seeing how he disposed of Samantha's body, I think it would be he's pretty thorough about disposal. Yeah. Yeah. So he would later admit that two years prior to the Curry's death, he hit a murder kit which contained a handgun, silencer, ligature, ammunition, and garbage bags near their home, later using the same kit to kill them. Okay, get a whole murder kit. It's quite crazy to think about. Yeah, what the heck? People usually keep, like, first aid kits in their car, not a murder kit. Mm. And then his last victim was Samantha Koenig. And then, in, yeah, there was also quite a few alleged victims. All unspecified locations, unspecified dates. They can't really tie it to him. They don't have information. Not like he's also going to give information anymore. No, he's not. Yeah, so if not for his last murder, Keys would probably still remain at large. Because he's really, you know, uh, meticulous. Mm-hmm. He would plan murders ahead of time and took extreme caution to avoid detection. Mm. Yeah, so unlike most serial killers, he did not have a specific victim profile. So he killed both men and women, but then yeah. claimed that children and parents were off limits. <laughs> okay. And Samantha okay. was low-key still a child. She's, yeah, she's 18. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can argue 18 is like almost an adult but just so young that's the thing mm-hmm. it's just a horrible way to go yeah so he would also kill far from home and never in the same area twice mm. he would also during these trips, trips he would pay only cash and turn off his mobile phone yeah and like, he had mm? if you think about it he's doing everything right Mm-hmm. Like he's doing everything that's correct in order to like not get caught. But yeah, and he had one no connection rookie, to his victim. His rookie mistake was to send a ransom note and then withdraw money. Like, <laughs> dude, I think it's terrifying with like knowing that he could have gotten away with it. Yeah, I know, right? And he could be killing until today. Yeah, so like what I said with the career couple. Once he decided on a victim, he would bury a murder kit in the targeted area. Yeah. Mm. And he had also said that he admired Ted Bundy. Wow. He said he saw himself (gasps) in a notorious murderer. Not me saying that he gave me Ted Bundy vibes. (laughs) Yeah, but then he labeled fellow serial killer Dennis Rader, aka BTK, Mm. a wimp for professing remorse for his killings. So the BTK is a wimp, according to him. Okay. Yeah, so when asked by investigators why he committed his crimes, he simply replied, why not? Why not? (laughs) That's the kind of thing you say when someone's like, oh, uh, aren't you on a diet? Why did you order this 20-piece chicken nugget set from McDonald's? (laughs) That's so specific. Okay, I don't know. It's supposed to be a point in my head. But like, when you say why not, it's like, okay. No one, you... Who you says can, why not to murder? I mean, why not? It's like, you know, it sounds very nonchalant, you know. Yeah, like... like why not? <laughs> Ugh. Disgusting. So on March 26, Keyes was taken back to Anchorage where he confessed to murdering Koenig, whose body would later be discovered on April 1st. Hmm. Yeah, during interviews, Keyes was um, seen to be calm and patient. Yes, he was. 
he's um I think you can find this interrogation like the police just released it like it's, it's not <laughs> they just released it it's released but he's like he's really very casual mm. that's the one thing I remember from his interview he was just quite very casual yeah. Yeah, he also willingly gave terms to confess to any crimes he committed and plead guilty to all charges brought against him, as long as he was executed and the trial took less than a year. Yeah. I think I vaguely recall him talking about it. Like, he he said that he wanted the death penalty. Mm. And I can't remember if he was the one who said it was because he deserved it. Like, that was what his sentence should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know invest- who was him or somebody else, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's okay. Later we will watch his interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, invest investigators later struck a deal with him about finding the bodies of other victims in exchange for the media not knowing any details Keys didn't want to make public. Hmm. Yeah. As a result, authorities found and excavated the farmhouse where Keys left the curry's corpses at, but they only found indications of human decomposition. Oh my god. So, yeah, their bodies are still not found. Okay. Yeah, he, he didn't want his name to be released to the media and he threatened to stop speaking to investigators. I guess notoriety wasn't his goal. <laughs> Okay, sir. <laughs> yeah, so on June, during a court hearing debate, uh, they debated on like calling the case complex. And like, yeah, they called the case complex, but then he didn't like that he was called complex and he turned violent and managed okay, so to escape and tried to attack he... spectators. So what did he wanted to be called? I don't know. <laughs> Easy? What the shit? Okay. Yeah, so he managed to escape and tried to attack the spectators. And they presume it was like a suicide attempt thing. But then he was subdued with a taser and taken back into custody. Okay. Yeah, but then he, the following day, he just, he stressed that, you know, his reaction was... At, um, merely a reaction to stress. Yeah, and because of that attempt, security measures were increased on him, which included full restraints to officer escort every time he left his cell, restrictions on razor and pencil possession, and daily strip and cell searches. But then on July 20, a news outlet broke the story on Keyes' connection to the disappearance of the Curries. And as a result, Keys refused to speak to investigators for a two-month period. He's like a spoiled child. Don't you think? True. He's giving the cold shoulder, the silent treatment. Yeah, he's just like... Ugh. Not us having a sip <laughs> of our drink at the same time. <laughs> The tea is piping. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee though. I'm drinking water, but you know, <laughs> proverbial tea. Yeah, so on December 2nd, um, uh, Keith wrote a two-page suicide note before slashing his wrist with a razor, which was mistakenly issued to him and he also hanged himself. This... This bastard is dead. Yeah, that's why I said no long, no information can no longer be take like, you know, coming out of him. Listen, Honda. I said, which I meant he's dead. I'm about <laughs> to fight. I'm gonna fight the universe like right now. Fate, where are you? Square up. Meet me in the parking lot. What the hell? Okay. Yeah. So under his body, they found the rambling letter. Where, you know, it, it didn't offer any clues to the identities of unnamed victims. But then he described the, them as pretty captive butterflies. <laughs> and another snippet of the road read, 
Your face framed in dark curls like a portrait. The sun shone through highlights of red. What color, I wonder, and how straight will it turn plastered back with the sweat of your blood? Oh, so full-time serial killer, part-time <laughs> poet? hmm Oh, God, okay. Yeah, then on December 10, 2012, Keyes' mother, Heidi, and four of his sisters, four of his sisters attended a small funeral service for Keyes in Deer Park, Washington. The pastor, Jake Gardner, opened the service by saying he is not in a better place, he began. He's in a place of eternal torment. I think this is the biggest, like, like he would be rolling in his grave because he said he's an atheist and there's <laughs> a pastor yeah. for his funeral service. Holy shit. Who is this pastor? Like, straight up, give this man an award. <laughs> you know why? Because usually for things like this, right, like, the the pastor, the priest, or the religious leader leading the funeral procession rites, whatever, they usually have to be neutral. True. <laughs> and usually, like, they say something positive. Sometimes you just come in with, like, oh, you know, he wasn't good to the family or whatever, some shit. This guy straight up came there. He was like, this guy is burning <laughs> in hell. Satan is watching over him right now. Like, personally, Lucifer is, like, dipping him into, <laughs> like, the the river of fire. Oh, I wonder how his, like, family felt hearing that. Well, are they still Nazis? Then I don't care how they feel. <laughs> I mean, only four sisters attended when he had brothers. <laughs> well, I don't know the circumstances, but if they're still Nazis, well, y'all gonna be next. Dipping in the river of fire. Yeah, so... On August 12, 2013, federal authorities released new information on Keyes, revealing that um, they suspect him to have a final death toll of 11 victims, all killed from 2001 to 2012, and that there are possibly other victims in Canada and other countries. And it was also confirmed that he burglarized 20 to 30 homes and robbed several other banks yeah, in addition to the Community Bank and National Bank of Texas robberies. Oh, gosh. And authorities are still seeking um, information from the public so that these cases can be closed. Dang. End of story. Wow, but we will never get the answers we want, though. Yeah. There are so many grieving families out there who will never get to say like like they found peace because they I, uh, and oh. even Samantha Koenig's family because he, he killed himself. Yeah, particularly that. <laughs> and it's just wow, like you could tell that he had no respect for her as a human being. I feel like I I I say this for like almost every case, but like this one in particular, like he posed her dead body. Yeah. And he still wanted money. Like, oh my God. Like that that shows you that he really, really didn't even see her as a person, as a human being. And I think that's the terrifying thing about this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, uh, thanks for this story, Honda. Like, I, I genuinely feel that Israel Keys is not talked enough about. Mm. Considering, like, what he's done. Like, this man is a serial killer. Like, a modern-day one, too. I guess when people think serial killers, they'll think, I don't know, Ted Bundy, BTK, all those yeah. like, old, famous ones. Dahmer... Yeah, because it was like so freshly out of like the Vietnam War. And we've discussed before about how the Vietnam War essentially had like such a huge impact on the way American society functioned 
and the way like the men behaved and how like there is a correlation with the rise of violence and serial killings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes when you think of serial killers, it's really back to that time. Like you don't really think about you don't really hear about serial killers today in the news unless like they... I mean it doesn't help the amount of movies and like characterization and shows based off these famous serial killers make like them low-key romanticizing them as well. I mean Richard Ramirez in American Horror Story, people were like holy no. guacamole. <laughs> like he's my number one like example by the way, because people were like talking about how he was so good looking. No and, <laughs> and like yeah the actor's really hot but I well, I wish remember that Ramirez did a whole bunch of like terrible things. I forgot which killer was it, but yeah, I mean, um, Versace. Oh, murder yes. was played yeah, 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 yeah. by the guy in Glee. Uh, what's his name? Darren Cross. Darren. 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 <laughs> Darren. <laughs> What's his name? Darren Chris? Hold on, I'm going to Google it. Darren. Oh, it is Darren Chris. Oh, it's a Chris. Yeah, it's it's Darren Chris. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think because the actual killer was kind of good looking that's why they casted him but it's just they cast like people who are good looking for like killers you know yeah yeah American Crime Story yeah Versace oh there was three seasons there are three seasons I know the first season was OJ uh Season 2 is Versace. Yeah, Jenny Versace. What is season 3? I don't know. This is season 3? I think it's going to be set to premiere on September 7, 2021. Oh, okay. What's it about? Let's see. Oh. Impeachment. It's about Bill Clinton. Oh, okay. That's uh, interesting. And uh, the, the extramarital relationship he had with the intern, Monica Lewinsky. Okay, this I don't mind. Because usually this kind of white-collar, kind of shady things don't get, you know, like, shown much. Yeah. This I don't mind. Shit. uh... What's the name of the intern again? Monica Lewinsky. You know why? I remember she gave a TED Talk. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I will... Always remember that she started off her thing saying that, like, most, I think girls or most people in their 20s make mistakes, but her mistake was falling in love with her boss. And I remember that really struck me. And, like, her TED Talk was really talking about, like, the rise of the internet. And at that time, like, hate comments and cyberbullying, because, you know, it's a whole new thing. I was so fascinated. I was like, holy shit, this is a girl Blin, Blin, Bill Clinton had an affair with. Like, this is her. Yeah. But anyway, going back to the topic of like romanticizing serial killers, it's quite true. I mean, not even casting attractive um, like people. Like, it's also, I guess, do you remember the show Dexter? It ended yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's this whole idea of like you can even valorize the idea of a serial killer. And because he's the main protagonist. He's the main the protagonist. Viewer, and and the would... story is framed in a way where he's killing killers. But at the end of the day, he's still a serial killer. And because he's the main protagonist, you would root for him not to get caught. <laughs> Essentially. So yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, there's also this film that came out a few years ago that is a, like through the lens of a serial killer. I can't remember the name. Wait, why does this sound so familiar? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But it's just like, gosh, we have to stop romanticizing. The Fall? 
Is it called The Fall? Oh, no, it's the one it. with... Oh my god, the actress is from... Um, shit, what's that show called? She plays Scully. No, no, no. Uh, it's not The Fall. This one is... Um, this one is also... Movie. It's also like the serial killers are like the main guy. And then... Yeah, it's Christian Grey, dude. <laughs> the serial killer is Christian Grey. Oh shit, I didn't even realise. <laughs> the Fall is really dark though. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I remember. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Thanks, Honda, for telling, for sharing the story of Israel Keys. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HGU Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for watching and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Now we have to go find the name of that movie. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie. Movie? Movie?